0: Brought to tears a couple of times in worship, just feeling God's heart uh, of love for us. And I'm going to share a lot of stories today, a lot of cool reports from what God has done over the last year. But more than anything, I just want y'all to, to know, to feel how much God loves you individually and as a church. He just loves, loves, loves you. And uh, when He gives you those feelings, it's, He kind of elevates you to that place of feeling His love. And from that place, of uh, kind of being caught up, that's when we can, we can pray blessing over the people around us. Like, God, I want them to feel that same thing I felt. And that's one of the blessings of worship. It, it actually elevates us to a place of, of intercession where we can then impart the same things that God is, is showing us to the people around us. So I pray through all these stories that you just feel so loved and known and seen. So like I said, today's going to be a local missions report, or really an end-of-the-year celebration. Don't let that word report scare you. It's going to be a celebration of what God has done in 2019 outside this church, actually. Uh, So my name is Kyle, and my wife and I are the youth and young adult pastors here at River in the Hills Church, as well as the prayer room coordinators and the Lake Travis prayer room. You see those letters on the wall there. And so, in addition to those hats that I just mentioned, I've also been dubbed by our church's eldership as the cross-pollinator, and you see that bee up there, <laughs> or a citywide missionary to the, the greater region of Lake Travis in Austin, and that's a really a fun hat that I like to wear uh, representing this church and the Lord, of course. So, like that bumblebee on the screen there, that, that honeybee, God has consistently called me to take some of the good pollen that we have here at River in the Hills Church and spread it far and wide as he opens up opportunity and opens up doors for me to bless local congregations and other organizations in our region. So over the last few years, God has sovereignly opened up many wide and effectual doors for me to serve the gospel of Jesus to other local bodies of believers and organizations across our city, as well as to encourage and lead citywide groups in times of prayer and seeking the Lord for specific breakthroughs in our churches and city. And let me tell you, it is so fun. I really enjoy doing it. Uh, I love being sent out from this place regularly. I love blessing the body of Christ as a whole. I love watching other ministries and other believers thrive and come alive to new realities of Jesus that maybe they've never seen before. And just that good pollen that I mentioned earlier that has been cultivated in this place and in this prayer room from spending time before the Lord So over the next two weeks, I'm going to share a lot of stories, a lot of victories, sort of a chronicle of victories as I put them together uh, over this last week. I've just been blown away, and I've been so encouraged, and I want to encourage each of you guys, this was a fulfilling exercise to go over 2019, literally go through my calendar like day by day and see what the Lord has led me in. So I encourage you all to do the same. Take some time this afternoon or over the next few days before the new year hits or maybe in the first week of the new year. And just write down, look back and write down what the Lord has done. We sung about it earlier. He's done great things. He's done great things. And when we look and we celebrate those, it opens the door for more. They might not look or sound like some of the things I'm going to mention today, but they're real. They're real for you, and it's what God had written in his book over your life. So celebrate them. And let me encourage you as well. All the victories I'm about to share, all the impact that we're about to celebrate together as a church family, all of it, all the lives that are forever changed by prayer and worship and the message and hope of Jesus, all of these victories are your victories. All these wins are your wins. All these testimonies I'm going to share are your testimonies. These are your stories. If you have invested time in prayer in this prayer room or for this church, or if, if you've encouraged Brooke and I with a word or a hug or a smile, you're part of this journey. If you've helped Invest financially, just as late, Nate let us in that time earlier. If you've invested financially in the church's tithes and offerings, you have helped me practically to have the ability to work here full time and give myself to the reading of the word and prayer, to youth and young adult discipleship here in the River and the Hills context, and all the time that was necessary to prepare and lead these citywide missionary activities with excellence. Your seed your investment of prayer and encouragement and finances in this church is bearing much good fruit. I'll say it again. It's bearing much good fruit. Brooke and I see it and hear about it in some way almost every single day. Most of the time when I come home from my day, even if I've just been at the church, it takes us at least 30 minutes, close to an hour, just to share what God has done that day. If it's been text messages or emails or phone calls or crazy things God's shown us in the Word. It, that's, that's like one of the most, it's kind of overwhelming that we can't even talk about each other before we talk about what God God has done. It's a good problem to have, kind of like that, that abundance, that overflow. And even locally, it's extremely rare for us to go anywhere in Lake Travis without running into someone or some family that we've impacted. With most of the testimonies that we hear are coming from people and families outside of this specific church body. So just like when you gather together at Christmas time or holidays with family and you share what the other family members have been up to, that's what I'm doing today. This is what I've been up to, and you might not know about a lot of these things. But we're blown away and speechless almost every single day. And these seeds of prayer and worship and finances that we've all sown, they often seem, guys, they seem small and inconsequential at the time. Most of the time, actually. But we just constantly hear too much good news coming back to us to ever doubt their eternal effectiveness and impact and fruit. And just remember, throughout all of these stories over the next two weeks, like I said before, these seeds and this fruit that I'm going to share about have your fingerprints on them. Can you see that? Can you see the seeds and the fruit that I'm about to share? Can you see your fingerprints on them? As you've remained faithful and committed to this church and its vision, or whatever if you're visiting from a local church, as you remain faithful to the Lord in that local church, you have helped to open up these doors in this city for us. These seeds are your seeds. This fruit is our fruit. First Corinthians 12, 26 says this. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. When I saw, when I saw the number of people that have gone through harsh testings, I was brought to tears again. My heart was moved. I laid my hands on two people and just, I felt it. I I was suffering with them. And that's because the Lord, this verse is true. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And who feels better, by the way, after prayer? (laughs) Praise the Lord. That's a lot of hands. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So that's what we're going to be doing over the next few minutes. The Lord has honored Brooke and I and so many of us in here with cool God stories of 2019. And let's rejoice together. This This is part of the celebration together that we can Uh, join in on. So 2019 local missions report or celebration part one commence. For today in part one I'm going to be celebrating almost exclusively the victories that we have seen in response to organizing and leading times of focused prayer and worship. Prayer and worship is what I'm going to focus on today and some of the fruit from that. These incredibly powerful exercises of intercession and singing to the Lord we will look at times where the Lord has proven over and over again that he really does hear our prayers. And he really does inhabit and make his home on our praises. He really does. So I'll start right here with this local mission, the Lake Chavez Prayer Room. Not River and the Hills Church, but a separate entity, the Lake Travis Prayer Room. So the Lake Chavez Prayer Room, the room you're sitting in right now, is actually a local mission itself. Throughout the week, this sanctuary is converted, so to speak, into a prayer room. It changes hats from just a local church sanctuary and transforms into a resource center, a catalytic resource center for the entire Lake Travis community, regardless of church affiliation or denomination, to come and encounter the Lord. Just like a community library resources its community with books, or a community rec center resources its community with exercise equipment and gymnasium courts, this Lake Chavez prayer room resources our region and our city with sustained prayer and worship with the intent to first and foremost bless the Lord's heart because he's worthy. And even if we never did anything outside of this room, we would be successful by singing to the Lord. Someone needed to hear that. If you never did anything cool for the rest of your life, but just sung to the, you sung to the Lord and read the word, there was never any victory that you saw with even your life was super impactful. And secondly, to pray with the goal to see an entire region come alive to Jesus. <laughs> That's the fun stuff, and they're both fun. I found this room to actually be the key, the secret weapon to everything good and eternal that I've been involved with, both inside and outside this church. As my high school basketball coach used to say, he used to describe the, the star player, the key player on the other team. He used to call them the straw that stirs the drink. Well, Lake Travis prayer room is the, sta- the straw that stirs this local church's drink. It's the straw that stirs my drink personally, <laughs> that secret place with the Lord. Philippians 4.6 says this, but in everything, everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So that elevates prayer to an incredible uh, importance of a spiritual discipline in the believer's life. Everything by prayer. John Wesley, one of my heroes from the 1700s, said this. He said, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. That's profound. God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. Now, you could probably argue that theologically, like, well, how did he say, let there be light? There was no one created. So, in this dispensation of where we are in humanity and the kingdom, it, it's almost 98% true. <laughs> we can talk about that later. So let's look at how we, as a local mission in the Lake Travis Pram, have taken God seriously with this verse and this, this reality to bless our region with prayer and worship. So in 2019, we had over 2,000 hours, conservatively, of people uh, spending time as gatekeepers in this room. That's where they devote an hour or two hours or as long as they have just to sit before the Lord and worship him and pray. Over 2,000 hours. That's a lot of hours. 2019, we've also had over 200 hours, 205 hours of live worship and prayer. A lot of times with, with many different musicians and singers and intercessors and, and people praying during an hour or two hour set. Over 205 hours for either Israel or for our local region. We've had over 40 different worship leaders, singers, musicians, intercessors that have participated in these Lake Travis prayer room sets. They've come through these doors. Most of these people you've never seen or met. They've come through and they've given an hour or two on a weekly or biweekly basis just devoted to the Lord. I love the purity that the prayer room produces in our hearts. There's no platform. There's no stage. There's no influence except actually the greatest platform, the greatest stage, the greatest influence you could ever have sitting before the King of Glory, the, <laughs> the Alpha and the Omega. There's no better stage than that. So let's get into some of our 2019 initiatives and events with the Lake Travis Prayer Room. Uh, Back in March through May, starting March 3rd to the end of May, we had a 12-week initiative praying for the cause of the unborn or praying for the ending of abortion with legislation. 2019, specifically that spring that we prayed, many uh, commentators Uh, People in newspapers, people writing articles called it the worst year ever for abortions, which meant it was the best year ever for pro-life people. There were over 250 pro-life bills were introduced in 41 states in the spring. An April 16th article, I just mentioned it, it said to anyone who's been paying attention, it's clear that the pro-life movement is gaining enormous momentum. There's a really influential movie called Unplanned that kind of awakened maybe some sleeping saints or people who don't even know the Lord, but they say, that's wrong. That's a real life in that woman's belly. We have to protect it. So many of y'all took part in that initiative. I know you did, Ashton. I know many other people did, praying faithfully week after week for the ending of abortion. I'm gonna share some of those victories in just a moment within our state government. On April 12th, we had another initiative called Hasten the Day. It was a simple six-hour midnight to 6 a.m. night watch where we just stayed up and worshiped and prayed, and we just went after it. You get tired. You get (laughs) worn out. You kind of just crave that bed sometimes, but it's worth it, and it did something in people's hearts. And we just heard last week, Rachel and I did, that because of that night and part of that night, there was someone here who was inspired and was given permission that they can do that that it's possible to do that. And this person is gonna do three night watches in the beginning of 2020, in part because of the permission of the courage that that night gave them. So more prayer, more worship, because it's gonna go on on the other side of the city. And that's kind of the idea that this is a catalytic resource center is that we might not see it right away, but it stirs something in people's hearts to say, I can do this. I can invite other people to give the night away to the Lord because there's gonna be no night in heaven. So this is the only time in human history or in history that we can give the Lord the night. <laughs> We had another initiative called uh, Closing Our Eyes So That the Blind May See. That's a long name. Closing Our Eyes So That the Blind May See. But it was a 10-week initiative during the summer from June to August where we closed our eyes weekly for an hour, like literally closed our eyes in prayer so that the eyes of unbelievers, the eyes of their hearts would be opened. We did that specifically for our Lake Travis region and for Israel. They would be open to salvation. Last week, we heard a great report from a person who lives in Israel of testimonies, just wild testimonies of Jews coming to faith in the most radical ways. And even my mom and dad were there during that time when we were praying weekly. They personally visited Israel and they they went to an evangelistic meeting where they saw many young people give their lives to Jesus, like with their own eyes as well as a heart-touching story of Talia and her mother, when my dad faithfully stood in this prayer room when no one was looking and, and said their names. Talia and her mother saved them for five years without knowing anything that was going on. Three years into those prayers, God saved them. And they sovereignly were able to hear that story in the most miraculous way. So God answered our prayers in that 10-week initiative. Another initiative we had at the end of the September was called 24-7. We were honored to be one of the seven churches in Austin to take a full 24-hour period to saturate our city in nonstop prayer and worship for an entire week. We had over 40 volunteers participate. Many of those 40 were in this room right here, were part of our local church. In fact, if you took part in any way in that 24-7, go ahead and raise your hand back in September. Thank you, guys, thank you. My highlight, I said I wouldn't mention it, but I'm gonna mention it, (laughs) was Michelle at like 4 or 5 p.m. Just crying out to the Lord with vehement cries and tears. And I know God heard your prayers. He was in the room. (laughs) Um, So thank you guys. I believe our prayer shifted the atmosphere that week along with the six other churches. And they made it easier for people in Austin to say yes to Jesus. I can't wait to hear some of those stories when we get to heaven. Just a random September 30th day, you're at 2 p.m. Just be like, God, do you even hear me? Save someone. And then someone, boom, is delivered. Seize the Lord. I believe that it happened in big ways. Cloud and rain, another initiative we had as a prayer room. Four Sunday nights this fall, as a prayer room staff, we went on location to different public areas of our Lake Travis region and invited the presence of God through worship. At the same time, we had an outreach team with boots on the ground, so to speak, ministering the love of Jesus to real people in public places. We trust many were encouraged, and just like 24-7, because we prayed and worshiped, angelic activity was increased. That's biblical. And the grace of God came crashing in to lives that we may never see until we get to heaven. As a prayer, and we also hosted two large groups of Bible college students from the International House of Prayer from IHOP University in the spring and the fall. We are able to bless these precious Students who probably have like $5 to their name <laughs> with various ministry opportunities and provided them with housing, meals, and times of fun, rest, and relaxation as they got to experience our beautiful city of Austin. To close out this local mission of the Lake Travis Program section, I want to share two quick stories that I think will really encourage you. So back in October, we heard an encouraging testimony from a young worship leader who has had opportunities to lead worship on big stages across our city. In front of hundreds and even thousands of people. After a Friday night set here at Lake Travis Prayer, and where just a handful of devoted worshipers were present, this young person voiced a remarkable statement after singing right here on this platform. She said, Tonight felt like a bigger stage compared to even singing in front of thousands of people. She added, this prayer room has such an intense and demanding reverence because the Spirit of the Lord has truly kissed this whole space. I admire you all for creating a space for him to move. I feel it so deep. Testimonies like that keep us going on the weeks we're like, is it really even doing anything? <laughs> we hear someone come from a, a different church, a different ministry, and be personally blessed like that. We say, that's worth it. That's worth it when she can see that the Lord himself is a bigger uh, person to sing to than, than even, you know, Reinhard Bonnke preaching to millions and millions. Another story, and I'm calling this Saul's story. That's not his real name, but I'm going to protect his identity. He's a ninth grader at Lake Travis high school. Um, and I believe I, I chose Saul because I believe if he's not already, he's going to be a Saul to Paul <laughs> story where his whole life is going to do a 180 and God's going to give him a new name. Um, So this story will go to show that when we have a heart for a specific local mission field in prayer and we consistently pray for it and intercede for its well-being, that God will give us sneak previews and great places of authority and influence for that specific prayer mission field for his good. So this story has to do with a personal and prayer room call to specifically cover the public school system, the Lake Travis ISD public school system. So on Friday, February 1st, I'm substitute teaching at Lake Travis High School for PE, actually for a member of our church, Coach Jacobs. Just sitting there, watching these kids run around, throw the ball. Uh, I go in very prayerful when I substitute teach because I've seen God do too much. When I go in with a prayerful heart, I've seen him open too many doors for me, opportunities for me to pray with people, share the good news with students, coaches, teachers alike. So I'm very prayerful on this day, but I get a text message at 2.45 p.m. from our own Katie Madison. I don't think she's in here. I think she's out there taking care of the kids with the nursery. Who knows Katie? Sweet Katie. She gives me a text at 2.45. She doesn't know I'm in the school. She says, hey, Kyle, can you text me all the names of those who you know who are not saved yet? Friends, family, neighbors, coworkers for whom you substitute, teach. She didn't know I was substituting. And I do that very rarely. I don't have enough time. <laughs> People you run into every day anyone, everyone. That is something I want to pray for during my time as a gatekeeper. <laughs> I love this story because you'll see it, it marries the, or brings together the local, this Lake Travis Prayer, room, her spending time as a gatekeeper, and the translocal, me literally being on site in the prayer mission field, looking at the kids I'm praying for, interacting with the people who I want to know Jesus. So I'm still kind of on the job, even though it's kind of a break time. So I didn't have much time to give text out names or give much thought to it. So I I thought of some people in my life um, and a few names came to mind. And then I thought, okay, I'm in the school. Who should I pray for? There's over 10,000 students in the Lake Travis school system, hundreds of teachers, administrators, coaches. Who should I pray for? I, I just prayed, and I, in my heart, I saw one ninth grader's face. At the time, he was uh, the time, so he's a tenth grader now. At the time, he was a ninth grader. I saw one ninth grader's face, Saul. And a few years before, the reason I think I knew that he probably didn't know the Lord is. I was taking him and some other youth home from a citywide youth event. And it turned out he was the last person to take home. And so he said, "Um, you know, I don't really believe in God. I don't get this. It's good for you, but I don't really believe. And I said, Saul, I was right there with you, buddy. I didn't believe at all. I thought my parents were crazy. I thought all these believers were just crazy. But, and then I went and told him my testimony. How about God rescued me from alcoholism. He, I experienced a near-death experience. and I saw a Bible verse written on the wall, and then my whole life changed. And so I was like, well, that's cool for you, but whatever. He just left kind of like whatever. And so this is now two years later. Don't think of him often. Don't even see him often because I'm not subbing that often. And, uh, and there's over 3,500 kids now, I think, at the school, high school. So God has to sovereignly put you in front of the right kid at the right time for this to work, (laughs) but he wasn't even, he wasn't in the room, I'm praying, I'm like, okay, Katie's texting me, I need to text her back, um, okay, Saul, type out the text message, turns out later that day, Saul would go to P. Terry's, which a lot of the students go after, and they do what high school students do, they eat burgers, and they do other things, (laughs) which aren't exactly legal, and so, Something went haywire there. He ends up getting in a fight. And he ends up punching one of the workers there at P. Terry's. But before any of that happened, he was on God's heart to lift up. So that he ends up getting arrested. And obviously when you're a ninth grader and you get arrested, like this feels like the end of the world. And so he quickly turns to, he wants to take out his anger on more than just himself. And so he starts making threats that he's going to bring, that he has guns and he's going to bring them to school next week. Next Thursday. So that would be Friday, or that would be Thursday, February 7th. There were over 80 reports from students that he had told them that he's going to bring a gun to school on this day. The report was so corroborated that they actually sent out an email to all the parents. The principal sent out an email, saying, you basically don't have to bring your kid to school these days. We're going to have cops on every basically every corner of the school because we have all these threats, but you don't have to bring, like, don't feel bad. I get a call from Coach Jacobs that morning just saying, Kyle, cover the school in prayer. We have all these cops, but we're scared. I still didn't know who it was, though. I didn't know who it was. So I get a call later that morning from a prophetic intercessor who says that she thinks she knows who the the student was who was making these threats. (laughs) turns out that The police went to his home, kind of raided everything and and prevented anything from happening. But just think about this, guys. Here I am just substitute teaching (laughs) with a devoted intercessor here saying, who can I cover in the schools for salvation? God puts the one person in my heart who would have the worst day of his life, the worst week of his life, and who knows how much those little like two-minute prayers help to shine light on this subject. Maybe they help to confuse the enemy's plans and expose them. Because if you're planning on doing that, you wouldn't tell 80 people. So, like, who knows what the prayers did and how many lives they might have saved. But I love this picture of all the football players surrounding LT. That's what prayer does, or that's when you choose a local mission field and you cover it faithfully. You circle it. And it's not just you. You have hordes of angels answering your prayers that God is sending to that specific prayer mission field. So that story blew me away. And it didn't, there was nothing powerful when I prayed or when she, she sent the text message. It was, it was just obedience. So this story proves that prayer, and by the way, I had a chance, which was, it was so neat that the school system welcomed him back in after counseling and just made sure he was in the right place. He was welcomed back to school after a number of weeks or a month. And when I subbed again, I got to interact with him and he would come up to me. He would come up to me and say, how are you doing? How are you doing? And I, I said, oh my gosh, just give him a hug. And like I would be able to share things about God and he was open and I was able to pray with him on campus. This one who, who could have, if light wasn't shown and, and the wrong things happened, could have, he wouldn't be here. I was substitute teaching only once in the high school this last year. I was in a classroom. There's like, I don't know, hundreds of classrooms. And he walks in. He says, hey, everybody. And I, s- I said, oh, hey, Saul. Then he walks out. And I, I asked the class after he walked out, I was like, does he, uh, does he come in often? They're like, no, we haven't seen him in a year. <laughs> so God is clearly orchestrating this Saul's steps. And I have great, great hope for him. <laughs> That what the enemy is meaning for evil, everything is life. God will turn for good. (laughs) Let's just pray for him right now. (laughs) Lord, would you sing over him right now, wherever he's at? you sing a song of salvation, a song of deliverance over him. In Jesus' name, amen. So this story proved to me, guys, that prayer is God's seed of government and influence on the earth. Prayer is God's seed of government and influence on the earth, and I hope this account will encourage you and spark you to take up a sphere for yourself, to take up a prayer mission locally whether that be this church, a business, a school, a neighborhood, any sphere that God shows you, and watch God show you things about that sphere. Watch him release insight. Watch him put you on the front lines of a life and death battle like he did with Katie and I. So continuing on the theme of prayer and worship, but now turning and looking outside of these four walls, let's look at the citywide prayer and worship activities that we were a part of that God allowed me to provide leadership for. Remember, I'm just telling you what I've been up to. So uh, the Capital Blitz initiative we had at the start of last year from January 8th to May 27th, that's when the 86th Texas Legislature was in session. So in the spring, we gathered and encouraged the young fiery believers, young and old alike, wasn't just young people, to take part in multiple organized prayer walks and be open to engage in conversation with lawmakers as they were on on Capitol grounds. Some victories that we saw by the end of the legislative session. In May, there was a bill called the Save Chick-fil-A bill, which would protect religious liberties and freedoms for Christian organizations like Chick-fil-A. Well, this bill was dead in the water. (laughs) It was not gonna pass. And I remember a Tuesday night we were praying in here And uh, just something shifted. We got news and we prayed and we believed. And by the, I think it was by the end of that night, um, it was revived. A a little wording was changed in the bill which allowed it to go through and it ended up passing. So businesses, Christian businesses like Chick-fil-A, Hobby Lobby are now protected in the state of Texas to exercise religious freedoms, praise the Lord. Texas Senate bill uh, 22 was passed which made it illegal for any government entity to support or benefit abortion providers in any way. So catch out this, or catch this like crazy evil thing. So the city of Austin had agreed uh, with a Planned Parenthood site to rent the space, rent this building to Planned Parenthood for a dollar a year for 20 years. So a 20 year lease for only $20 total. If that's not the devil, I don't know what is. But this bill was passed, which made it illegal for any government entity to help out an abortion provider in any way. Simply, it made it harder for people to have abortions in the state of Texas, because we prayed. On April 8th, Klein Coburn, a 15-year-old youth who we have poured into over the last year at River in the Hills, um, we love him, we love his family. On April 8th, he waited over 13 hours in the state capitol to give public testimony for a bill that would totally ban and criminalize abortion. That bill didn't pass, but it was it was part of the momentum, the pro-life momentum, but he waited 13 hours. Like at one in the morning, he gave public testimony as a young person that this is totally wrong. I'm so proud of him. Wow. The Unceasing Prayer Movement. I was blessed and honored to represent the next generation as a young leader. I was asked to co-lead a two-hour a prayer meeting with over 100 Austin-area pastors and leaders. I got to lead all of these pastors and leaders in contending and praying for authentic signs and wonders and miracles to be common in our churches and in the city of Austin at large. That's how the Lord led me to pray, that we'd see the cool stuff, the stuff that Jesus saw and the first apostles saw. It was a powerful time. Testimonies of miracles were shared with all the pastors. Faith was stirred. Our friends at Bethel Austin, their leaders really love that time, and they shared a lot of cool testimonies. Um, they, like, like us, we go for it. We want to see everything that God has for us in this life. On April 12th, we had an a, event called Corner Up that my buddy Blaze and I were able to organize. That night was so cool. <laughs> so we organized around 200 believers from 15 to 20 churches and ministries for an hour of worship in the Capitol basement at 8 p.m. Then at 9 p.m., we deployed and sent out seven different or really 14 different teams to seven different street corners lining north and, or east and west on 6th Street. So the idea was that there would be a prayer team and a worship team on each corner, and if you were a partier and you parked on I-35 and you walked up to your bar, that you would encounter seven different pockets of prayer and worship as you went to go <laughs> not drink the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so it was like an all-out blitzkrieg, seven different street corners where the kingdom of heaven was invited. Oh, it was so fun. <laughs> we saw many radical healings and deliverances that were actually chronicled on a video and, um, we're kind of waiting for that video to come out, but the footage is all there. Whenever the, God's timing is, it should come out. Uh, the most profound by far was a war veteran, I believe from the Korean war that was in the early nineties, correct? Or the late, or sorry, the, uh, Vietnam or, or, or Gulf desert, desert storm. Is that right? Yeah. That war, <laughs> he hadn't been able to walk or feel his legs in over eight years. He had no feeling in his legs for eight years. Well, after we gathered around and prayed for him, he's there on the bottom left. It's hard to see, but we have all our hands on him in the wheelchair. We prayed with him for probably 15 or 20 minutes, and he was receiving it well, but really nothing happened. We just kept going after it. He not only eventually stood up and walked, but he actually leaped, and he ran and danced, like straight out of the book of Acts stuff. And the Lord put on my, yeah, give the Lord a shout. The Lord had put it on my, uh, my friend Blaze's heart, and he showed him the street corner where it was going to happen. He told me, he's like, someone's going to be in a wheelchair, and they're going to stand up. So God went before and said, this is going to happen. And it did. You can see, I, I didn't post the photo. It's a little graphic, but there was actually metal shrapnel that he had picked up in that war that was in his legs. It was actually coming out of his legs as we were praying. Like, there were open source. Blood flow was coming to his legs for the first time. So it was actually incredibly pay- painful for him until he got feeling. Think if you, if you fall asleep on your arm or your leg and when it's first coming back. But he was glad. <laughs> Metal was coming out, oozing out. Um, I'll speed through these, and then worship team, you can go ahead and come up. On July 17th, right here in this prayer, room, we gathered 50 or 60 young, hungry believers for a then-I prayer gathering that if we seek the Lord, we believe that he was gonna do something great. It was a stripped down setting, almost three hours of just seeking the Lord's face and it was a beautiful time. Similarly, on November 11th, we organized a prayer and worship gathering. You can see it on the bottom right, uh, we had about 60 believers that really just prophetically circled our city for the end of 2019 going into 2020 where we had a worship and prayer and we just cried out to the Lord in that significant place. That was in the state capitol State Capitol, that first floor. And so you can see we circled. And we, I went around and had everyone name what geographical part of the city they were from. And we had every north, south, east, west covered. <laughs> and so it was a picture in real life of what in the spirit was happening. On December 9th, we had a, a night called Deposit where I uh, invited 25 young key leaders in the city uh, for a night of impartation and blessing from a longtime prophetic intercessor and mother in the city. She had something from her generation as she's in her 60s, to to give to us. She'd been faithfully serving and praying and interceding and worshiping in Austin for over 40 years. And she came up to me at another prayer gathering and said, basically the look in her eyes was, I got something. And I said, well, I'm going to organize it. (laughs) So we received incredible insight, powerful blessing uh, from this mother in our city as young leaders. She poured fresh faith and courage into us. And I think specifically, a lot of times God is for many people in a meeting but for that night, he was for one specific key leader on the University of Texas campus. He was just getting lit up and marked, and full of faith for 2020. So I can't wait to go to some of his gatherings. <laughs> it's called the gathering, is the event he has on UT campuses. So it's a Catholic night, to say the least. Yeah. So I won't mention those other things just because of time. But um, today, guys, who's encouraged? <laughs> I'm so encouraged putting these things together. And just a reminder, do this with what God has done over 2019. Even if it's like three things, and they seem small, they're real, and they really happen. And God really did those things for you. If you celebrate and honor God, even for the small things, he'll bless you with more. If you're faithful and least, and faithful and chronicling and, and celebrating and pausing and reflecting with the Lord and least, he'll, he'll bless you with more. He really will, because he loves honor, and he loves celebration. So today we looked at the local missions impact, mainly relating to prayer and worship. These high level, incalculably valuable, as we saw with the Saul story, how these spiritual warfare activities that we just love to engage in as a people, weekly here at the Lake Travis Prayer Room and beyond. So next week, if you can make it in part two of this local missions report, I will mainly share stories about the wide open door for the simple gospel of Jesus that God has opened. He's really swung wide within the public schools where I'm able, like, on school time, on government dollar, share Jesus through organizations like Fellowship of Christian Athletes and other things. (laughs) So good. As well as some other citywide speaking and serving opportunities that have impacted thousands of people and provided tangible, beautiful fruit. And remember, church, as you have invested time and prayer and encouragement into Brooke and I and in this body, as well as finances into this church, you've empowered us to take part in all of these wonderful stories that I just mentioned and I'll mention next week. Paul says in Philippians 4, 16 and 17, and I really, this verse just hit me as I was meditating on it. For even, is Paul saying, for even when I was in Thessalonica, or for even when I was in Little Lake Travis, <laughs> you provided for my needs again and again. This church provided for my needs again and again through, your, through you guys' generosity. Not that I'm seeking a gift, but I'm looking for the fruit that may be credited to your account. So that's where you come in. There's real fruit that has been credited to your accounts your forever heavenly bank accounts where neither moth nor rust destroy or thieves break in and steal. That's a real bank account that's better than any Goldman Sachs, 401k, I don't know, hedge fund, all that stuff. So I wanna personally thank you, member of River in the Hills Church. By the time I go around by name, thanking you, family, for allowing me to serve and lead in these endeavors. And I affirm to you boldly before God as my witness, that real fruit has been credited to your account. All of these stories have become part of your story now. <laughs> it's our story. All of this impact that has been birthed out of prayer and worship, and when it feels small and little, all of the impact has become part of our forever bank accounts in heaven. I also wanna encourage you, as a, just as a closing, that you too can become a local missionary as it relates to these high-level impact activities of prayer and worship. If you were stirred at all today, that wasn't me, that was the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to do this too. It's so easy. You have what you need. You have the Bible, you have the Holy Spirit if you said yes to Jesus. The Bible is your prayer manual, the Holy Spirit is your leader. Follow that nudge or follow that stirring. We have this great resource center here at the Lake Travis prayer room. You can sign up to be a weekly gatekeeper like Katie did, or you can take part in a weekly community set by just being a musician, a singer, or an intercessor, or just by showing up in the room, sitting in that chair, and just silently agreeing with the worship and prayers, just sitting there. Beyond this room, I want to empower you guys and encourage you that you can start your own prayer meetings. We're gonna clap for you. We're not gonna say, no, 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 we're gonna clap for you when you start your own prayer meetings. (laughs) That's what it's for. In your homes, in your businesses, in your neighborhoods, go on prayer walks, organize people, whatever place of work you have, prayer walk it. Take your place in this great governmental seat and make your sphere look more like heaven because of your prayers. Make it hard for people to say no Jesus where you live and where you work and where you have influence so you can ask God for your local mission space it's really simple say God what is my white field what is my Lake Travis High School it might be Lake Travis High School there's 3,500 kids who need Jesus well a lot of them need Jesus still it's really simple just ask him that's step one in the response just pray ask God to show you where your local prayer mission field is over the next week just take some time in prayer ask him Ask him what physical places need extra prayer coverage. Ask him for prayer strategies. That's number two. For creative ways to engage that specific geographical place in prayer and intercession. For Who to bring with you if it's just by yourself for how to do it. What scriptures to pray, what, uh, what way to engage that prayer mission field. It might be only here in the Lake Travis prayer room joining in with what we already have lined up here for the, for the spring or with just a simple gatekeeper position. You won't miss by doing that. Or like I said, it could be creative and outside the box, like mobilizing prayer walks at your business or around your neighborhood. It's so fun, guys. Say, God, what local prayer mission do you have for me in 2020? So who wants to make that commitment? It's just a commitment to step one, just to pray and ask. You can raise your hand if you wanna make that commitment. Doesn't have to be like for five hours a day. It could be once a week for 10 minutes. We say, I'm going to go prayer walk that once a week or once a month even. It's a commitment to ask God to do step one. Like I said, you have everything you need. You have the Bible as your prayer manual and the Holy Spirit living inside you as your leader. You, yourself, all of us are called to be mobile, walking, moving, breathing houses of prayer. We are houses of prayer and worship ourselves because the Holy Spirit has chosen to take up his residence in us, and he loves to pray. Allow him to pray in his house. That's what this is really doing. So stand up now and let's worship the Lord together. And even during this worship song, you can ask the Lord, "What? show me my prayer mission field. Put an image in my heart, an image in my mind, just like he showed me Saul's face. Ask him to show you a geographic location that you could cover in prayer in this area you will be a local prayer missionary. And step four down here is that by the end of 2020, I believe that we all can have our own celebratory stories. It might not look like this in scope, or in breadth or depth, but it's gonna be real. And people's lives are really gonna be changed. So I'm gonna pray for us that we would have courage to follow through with whatever God shows us, because that's what it takes. It just takes a little bit of courage. Most of the times when I go prayer walk to high school, I don't feel anything. I just show up and I know God is there. And I just step on it, even if I walk around and I'm like, God, were you even there? It still mattered. So I'm gonna ask for courage for whatever he shows you for follow through with the local prayer mission field and the strategies that God will give you when you ask. <laughs> so God, I thank you for these gifts of prayer and worship. Lord, that more than anything, more than any cool story, more than any breakthrough, Lord, that they force us, they hedge us into your heart. They cause us to draw near to you. And you've promised to draw near to us. So I pray, (laughs) Lord, as people uh, have courage, as you give them courage to, to follow through with these prayer initiatives, these local mission fields, that you would meet them there. Lord, that they would feel your love. They would see your smile. Lord, they'd be encouraged to believe you for great, awesome things for these prayer mission fields. So God, would you release courage and strategy into hearts this week as they do step one, as they ask you for the local prayer mission field. In Jesus' name.